welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. Okay, welcome everybody to the Emergence, well, the stuff that Matt just said on the intro music. Now, one thing I have to confess is that my glasses prescription is getting kind of old, and Ryan Franey looks remarkably different today. Uh, how are you doing today, Ryan? <laughs> Feeling pretty feminine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Make no mistake. Ryan decided to go get sick, and Kristen Gorder is joining us, a special guest for yeah. this season. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes, and not only is Kristen here, but baby Darcy Gorder. Yeah, she's on the outside now. She is. She's in the ergo. <laughs> so if you hear high-pitched grunting... It's, it's not me. It's not Kristen. <laughs> it's not me. My grunts are way more disgusting than a baby's. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, anything new in life to note of aside from another aside child from another uh, child hmm. not, not so much just yeah. happy to be back i was feeling a little left out yeah yeah well we, we greatly <laughs> missed you uh don't tell ryan but i think you're way better co-host oh no just kidding you Ryan's are both not gonna listen to this you were anyway. both different <laughs> in your own special way yes all right that's that's very diplomatic of you i'm waiting for the day when i get ousted and it's just you guys doing it <laughs> nice well you came on a on the great day to do it because today we are going to be reviewing a very delicious offering oh actually boy. i have no idea if it's delicious it could be disgusting I, I hope it's delicious so this is um a polar seltzer it comes in a bottle it's not in a can maybe they make cans of it i've never seen it i've never even heard of this kind mm. This is from uh, Zoltan, again, who is a Ringwood leader. So, again, thank you, Zoltan. I'm not going to... Thank you very much. I will not deign to pronounce your last name. Uh, but this is a pineapple pomelo. It's made by Polar. What in the world is a pomelo? How do you... Well, pomelo. yeah, I'm guessing that's how you say it. I have no idea either. It looks like a grapefruit. Okay. I won't lie. When you first said it before we got on here, I thought you said... Like vanilla, oh, pineapple, pineapple vanilla, and I, would I thought that would that. sound really good. The but orange vanilla is phenomenal. I'm not so sure about this one. Yeah, let me turn on that. Probably not. The yeah. orange vanilla is probably like a uh, popsicle. Oh, it's delicious. Called. It is like yeah, vanilla creamsicle yeah, kind of deal. Creamsicles. Yeah. It's delicious. Have you ever had it? No. It's a good kind. All right, let's. I don't venture out much in my seltzer tasting, so. Oh no. This, this well, is this will be a real treat. Then. Oh, there we go. Okay. A refreshing so sound. and i just got back from a run i told Kristen <laughs> if i smell offensive that I'd, i i would not be upset to have to do this by myself i would totally understand it's but a little rock she's taking one roomish but is it a little locker you know it takes me back to my cross-country yeah. days <laughs> in high school. all right nice yeah it's, a, it's like <laughs> mid 60s out so i was like i'm running all right cheers cheers to old times here we go okay the polar pineapple pomelo I like it. I like it a lot too. It's very um, citrusy. Mm -hmm. Tropical. It's tropical. Very tropical. It's minor pineapple. Um, On this sixty-six degree day, it takes me to the islands. I can see that. Yeah, it 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 reminds me of like a pineapple lollipop or something. Mm. I, I don't know that I've ever had one of those. Mm. Oh really? <laughs> See, I'm telling oh, yeah. you, I'm not very adventurous. Like with the dum dums. I go to a, you know, strawberry, Can blueberry. You get a, yeah. Don't venture strawberry, out. Yeah. Lot. I pick it like whatever you get in the whatever they have at the bank. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I think it's all right. I think it, it actually reminds me a lot of the coconut that I tasted last week. Oh, with that's Franny. what that's what I'm tasting. It's that's kind of coconutty. Yep. It's the yeah. pineapple. Like if somebody told me that this was a pina colada. Yep. Um, I, I'd Not be like, that you've okay. ever had a pina colada before. No, I've heard. That's what I've heard they <laughs> taste like. Yes. Yes. I'm not um, I, I'm not really. That's what Jimmy Buffett tells me. <laughs> right? Is that, am I right? I think it's Jimmy Buffett. Correct it me is, if I'm wrong. It is Jimmy Buffett. Okay, good to yep. know. It's either him or Michael Bolton. I uh, don't know who that is, but it's Michael definitely Bolton? Jimmy, Bo Bo Did, Jimmy Buffett. Did you ever see Office Space? Yes. That's like, uh, so the one of the characters on it, his name is Michael Bolton. Oh. 
and so, and they and they always talk. They're like, "Why don't you? Why don't you change your name?" And the best line in it, he's like, "Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks." <laughs> and I saw a funny, uh, the, a funny meme where it was like a guy whose name was Judas, <laughs> and they're like, "Well." <laughs> Why did you change your name? He's the one who sucks. Why is that should similar I to the Jezebel comment? From yeah, Ryan I guess the Jezebel. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, we should probably get into the study guide probably. here. Probably. Okay. Cool. Well, um, uh, let's see. Okay, so we are in mixtape. We oh wait, we got to rate this. So oh. zero to five bubbles. Zero to five bubbles on Gab Seatsma's mm-hmm. custom scale. I like that custom scale. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Four. Four. You you dig this. I dig it. I'll yeah. I buy that. It's it's very candy-ish. It is. And it's amazing that, that you get this kind of flavor with no sugar in it. You know how pregnancy changes taste? Oh yeah, I'm I I, I know from experience. I'm now such a sugar fiend. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I used to drink my coffee black and now I can't have it without creamer and sugar in nice. it. So I mean that could be my all right, insider tip, buy stock in Kristen's dentist's practice. <laughs> yes, I need it. Okay, <laughs> nice. All right, I'm I'm actually going to give this one a 2.3. Oh, yikes. Yeah, I'm I'm not I don't see myself buying this. It's interesting. I I just don't see myself drinking it like a lot. Mm. But it's a treat. It is a treat. It's a treat. By no means is it a bad seltzer. It's a tasty but i feel like i've got to be real honest with it because i can't just give every seltzer a good review i feel like i i i I err towards uh being overly generous with my rating okay anyway um let's talk about let's talk about the small group stuff so it's a hard turn there hard turn we are changing gears here okay um so today we're in revelation chapters two and three and uh, Ryan selected uh, several of the letters of the churches here. Um, and so that's where we're going to be this week. And uh, yeah, um, one thing I do want to mention uh, with the announcements, and you know, we don't, we're not spending too much time on this, but for the situation with the uh, lady who needs some help from our church, I really need to know everybody who's able to help with that, like ASAP. We got to get this thing rolling. So thank you all for even considering with the help and all that. And I just, uh, yeah, um, just get me those names as soon as you guys can. Uh, okay. Also, uh, thank you all for pointing out my typo on the Springfest announcement. Uh, go to the digital bulletin and sing up. Maybe I meant to write sing up. Okay. <laughs> maybe I want. Maybe maybe there's like a like a an audition kind of like you're trying out for music team. <laughs> I, it's it's a fun way to tell people to get involved sing up we should use that for music team volunteers we should yeah i'm going to pass that on to ben uh aka uh guy pierce (laughs) he's a doppelganger okay (laughs) let's dive into this week's thing here okay um so revelation chapters two and three are part of the first vision of the book of revelation so okay let that kind of sink in revelation's a bunch of visions by the way, if you want a deep dive, did Revelation last summer, everything that you could possibly want to know. Okay, uh, about how confused I am about <laughs> Revelation. Well, there, right. there's also a sermon series on Revelation that you could go there back is, and listen to. There is, there is, yes. Obviously, since we're doing mixed tape mm-hmm. and we're pulling from it. That's very true. That was before my day. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes, oh, yes. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, here, Jesus directly addresses seven prominent churches located in Asia Minor. In each of these letters, he is introduced with elements taken from his initial appearance to John in Revelation 1, 12 through 20. So that's just to note, you know, when it's like the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, all stuff like that. That's all. If you have any questions about that, just look at Jesus's introduction in uh at, towards the end of chapter one or i'd say about halfway through chapter one okay when he turns and sees the, the voice speaking to him mm-hmm. okay let's go ahead and read revelation 2 1 through 7 um right. would you like to do the honors happily all right per- all right so yes. 2 1 through 7 yes ma'am to the angel of the church in ephesus write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks among the seven golden lampstands 
I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, Nicolaitans, Ah. whatever you like. Which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear. The Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Nice. All right. Cool. So a lot of stuff there. This is uh, obviously not the only letter to Ephesus that we have in the New Testament. Okay. Um, yeah, so some, some interesting things here. Let's go ahead and look at the questions that we have for this, okay? So what are the things that Jesus commends the church at Ephesus for, and what might each of these things look like in the church today? So let's, let's, let's figure out, so what are the, what are the things they're doing positively? Oh, your toil and patient endurance are what he kind of points out first. They cannot bear with those who are evil. Mm -hmm. Um, testing themselves to see if they're who are apostles and not mm-hmm. and finding out those who are not enduring patiently Oof, i can't do that um, <laughs> bearing up for my name's sake and you have not grown weary so those are things they they make me think of um paul's some of paul's letters yes bearing in endurance yep weary yeah those are all kind of keywords that are jumping out to me that are good things yeah it's amazing how much of revelation is about that like you think about the way that John introduces himself in this. He introduces um, himself, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. It's all about patient endurance. <laughs> it's amazing how much Revelation really is a book for the suffering Christians, you know. <laughs> it's just yeah. funny thinking about my household with two toddlers and a screaming baby. Oh, it's my hard gosh. to have patient endurance. <laughs> mm. Tell me about it. Yeah, We've both got that baby situation going on. Yeah. Um, but this is not, that's not the type of patient endurance we're Correct, talking about. Correct, yes. We're talking about, well, what are we talking about, Doug? Well, I think I think it's the idea that, you know, it's easy to be real passionate about Jesus um, right off the bat and to get all into church and stuff like and that. And in the right circumstances. And in the right circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, like when life's going well, when uh, when mm-hmm. it's not a challenge to get up and go to church or to to when you don't have anything opposing you, right? Um, whether it be uh, physical issues, mm-hmm. um, financial issues, you know, when yep. life's going good, or even easy. like a conflicts with people in yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Relational issues. Yeah, like you can all you you can always like do. You can do all the things when it's easy, but the day will come when it will not be easy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And what are you about, being faithful in that? Yeah. Yeah. What about be- bearing with, uh, cannot, not bearing with those who are evil? Um, and so, you know, being able to discern what is morally beyond the bounds for Christians and not being able to bear with that, right? Like not being able to put up with it. I don't think that means that like you, you like you you know you're nasty to people who mm. aren't living up to certain moral standards or something. But like the level of acceptance that you have for moral compromise in your life is uh, definitely uh, commensurate with with um, how faithful you're walking with Jesus. Yeah, like um, do you like when you hear hear of something evil happening? Is it kind of like a well, you know, mm-hmm. that's how the world turns yeah. or is it does it just get you fired up on the inside if it doesn't then and then maybe it's time to take a good heart check and <laughs> yeah see where you stand with that yeah you know what this makes me think of what? so like uh there's this like i love showing my kids movies that i love yeah and but when i do like i'm reminded that like i've bared with things that are evil before Mm. and do i want to do that in my home do i want to do i want to reintroduce this to the next generation of beckers you know and yeah i'm kind of a bit of a stick in the mud here you know but (laughs) i've actually found that happen in my my own 
personal life. Things yeah. I used to love and watch mm-hmm. repeatedly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I Now when it's on, I'm like, ah, I can't believe I ever found that <laughs> funny or I can't believe I ever yeah. thought it was okay to watch this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not so much like being it, it being judgmental. It's about no. just knowing how it hurts you, you know, yeah. knowing how yeah. it, how it hurts your heart. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, then we also have like the testing of those who call themselves apostles mm. and are not. Now this is a little bit tough. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't people who call themselves apostles who are not today, <laughs> uh, but I don't p- typically come across people doing that all the time. Yeah. Um, what do we think about that? I think of this more in terms of like a false teacher maybe yeah. that's the wrong way to read it um well that's definitely part of it okay that's definitely part of it yeah yeah but i think i mean the messages that are coming out of of some churches and some christians today um when you hold them up to to the bible mm-hmm. um, to scripture does it stand mm-hmm. um yeah. or, or does it prove to be lies that are dressed up in, which we're going to get into, yeah. that, I think a little bit later. But so that's interesting because on the one hand you've got not enduring with, the, not pairing with those who are evil, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got bearing, not not accepting those who claim to be belong to the Lord, but who are not. Right. And that certainly is the case. And just because somebody's out there in popular Christian culture or Christendom land, <laughs> does not mean that they're somebody that you should embrace right Right. there needs to be some discernment in in who we're listening to um and then uh enduring patiently i think enduring patiently bearing up for my namesake you know has a lot to do with uh with perseverance you Mm -hmm. know people not being kind to you because you're you know jesus to, to varying different levels um and not growing weary yeah that's that's tough, you know, because not growing weary, it's almost seems like it's something beyond our control. You know, like I'm weary. I feel like there's no I have no control over it. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm weary. I've been doing X, Y and Z for however long. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, being able to kindle joy and enthusiasm in your heart for the things of the Lord after mm-hmm. a while, after it's cost you, after it's no longer easy to do. Yeah. You know, once you've been burned. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been burned. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and there's. Have you ever ridden horses? <laughs> uh, at Northern Frontier Camp when I was like in second grade, yeah. So there's this thing. If you fall off a horse, you're supposed to immediately get back on the horse. Really? Yeah. And that's nice. so that you, because if you don't immediately get back on the horse, the more time passes, the harder it is. This metaphor is coming like a freight that's, train. That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's Darcy very true. Darcy didn't like that metaphor apparently. Mm. You know, at camp back then at Northern Frontier, they used to make we'd be allowed to ride horses if we memorized Bible verses. You got to tell them a Bible verse to get like a point to be able to do these things. You could shoot a gun, shoot an arrow, ride a horse. And I remember we used to think we were so clever by being like, Jesus wept. And like that was like, like you're in the know Great if that's the verse. You verse. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, next question here. What is Jesus's issue with this church? And why does this matter if they're otherwise doing all the right things? So what is his issue with this church? His issue is that their heart is not in it It anymore. is not in it. They've abandoned the love that mm-hmm. they have, right, for Jesus. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of like a married couple who's just kind of going through the motions, but they're, oh my they're not really feeling it. Very true. Yeah, very true. Um, I was thinking of the way that like John Piper puts it in his in his works you know one of the books that had like a ton of influence on me is desiring god mm-hmm. um and uh i think it's in there that he tells us where he's like guys if you bring home flowers to your wife and she's all happy about it and she's like why'd you why'd you decide to do that if you say well because i have to i'm your husband <laughs> wrong answer right <laughs> uh, but if you say because because it brings me joy to bring you joy you know like that's the right answer and you're actually you're actually honoring her and putting her up higher in being happy in her, right? Than you mm-hmm. are if you just stoically do it because it's your duty. Yeah. And that's the way it is like towards God, right? Like, so like, first of all, it glorifies God more if you love him mm-hmm. than if you just do. Because you're saying, not only am I obligated to do these things, but I'm doing them because I want to, because it is worth it. What I get in knowing you, Lord is worth it yeah and then uh the other parts are like i think it also makes a person it it um, 
it instills a faithfulness in us, right? Because you're not going to be as prone to walk away if you're kind of like some of the stuff with the Lent devotionals that are going to be coming out, right? Like all about joy. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to be as tempted to stray if you're enjoying the Lord, if you're, if you're, if your um, acts of devotion are based on love, than if they're based on just duty or I have to yeah. or some other Christian is nagging me to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another example might be or metaphor might be like when you first start at a job, yes. you're like super excited about being at that job and yes. you just love it. But then a few years in, you're just kind of doing it because it's your job, but not mm-hmm. not drawing the joy and, and life from it. They could it's similar. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of examples I think I yeah. can pull from oh. real life. <laughs> yeah, the new baby and then... Uh, yeah, and then you're loving life yeah. with the new baby, they, but a few months in... They start teething, <laughs> you haven't slept. The joy has worn That's off. That's right. They're going on formula now and said, oh, their poop smells a lot worse, etc. <laughs> yes. My kid has a milk protein allergy, Aww. Noah does, and so it's like... I'm sure he'll love it like 20 years from now when he listens to these podcast archives. <laughs> you're talking about i'll consider yeah. myself a successful father if, if he listens listening. to podcast archives on the bible but and i'm suddenly like, talking about kudos. his poop yeah yeah but uh he's got he's got he's got this special formula that he needs so uh okay um share about a time in your life when your love for jesus died down how did that impact your faith and your walk with him I like how you're assuming that this has happened. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. I think it yeah, is safe you know to what assume. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all been there. I, but yeah, your point is well taken. That's uh, yeah. Um yeah, well, you know, like I know that for me, um I don't know, for me, uh, I struggle with it when uh when ministry really doesn't go my way. Like I had in the church I was at before I was here. I mean, it's a wonderful church. I I love like a lot of people there and stuff, but you know, I had some situations with folks who made it really, really difficult. Were like just ultra critical with whatever I did, and uh, actually like gave me like heart trouble. I, I wound up like yeah, I wound up like having to go and get like wear a monitor and stuff because I was just so upset. Um, and that made it my walk with Jesus feel miserable. Mm. Like it was like miserable serving Him because things were so hard. And um, I think there would have been ways for like, I'm not saying that it's inevitable. Like, like I, of course I feel like that if somebody's giving me a hard time, like I think that part of that was my own like immaturity or, or, you know, some, some kind of, uh, I don't want to say a failure on my part, but you know, an inability to kindle joy when I should have been able to in the Mm. midst of trials. But yeah, that really rocked my world. And it was miserable because I felt like I was serving him for a while just out of, I have to do this, especially it's a, it messes with your mind, especially as a pastor, yeah. because it's like your job too, yeah. you know? So it's my job to be excited about Jesus, Yeah. you know? And yeah, so that, 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 that is a head twister for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been going on ministry work for, I've been doing it for probably eight years now, at least. Mm. And I also went to a Christian college and I'd find... Oh that when I'm in all Christian environments, I have to work really hard yeah. to not go on autopilot. And I think like my example would be Christian college, actually. Mm. That's what I went on autopilot. Mm. And slowly the things of the Lord just kind of faded. And I was never challenged in my faith because I was surrounded by people who supposedly believed all the things I believed. Mm. And that definitely worked to my detriment. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. So it's a place where because you could go on autopilot, you didn't have to care as much yeah. as a place that you didn't. Yeah. 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 Um, fortunately, because of that, I think I've learned. And being in ministry now for eight years, I'm aware that that is a weakness that I have. Mm. And so because I'm in an all-Christian environment yeah. in, my, in the workplace, I know yeah. that I have to be really vigilant in making sure that I don't let let um spiritual disciplines and just I just have to remind myself um even by going back and reading journal entries and stuff about like why why I love Christ why do I follow him and all that he's done for me yep yeah it's it's kind of weird because like I definitely have this streak in me where um if I if I really like 
I will prevent myself from slipping in Christ if I just do the things that I should be mm. doing. And then at the other, at the end of it, I find joy in it. But going in, it almost feels kind of legalistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I should call my wife and pray with her right now. Mm. You know, it's not like, yeah, I'm so overflowing with joy in the spirit that I'm going to call my <laughs> wife. It's like, I should probably do it because I'll be a lot. And then, yeah. but you just do it anyway. And I guess, you know, God just takes that and is like, give me that heart and yeah. like fake you know, it till you make it is, yeah, a, is a real thing it's a real thing yeah but and and it's not like you have to like like go like years faking it right, or anything right. but you got to just show up uh, reading the bible is the yeah. same way sometimes you i've know? heard it described as even when you don't feel like reading the bible you can you like it's like a debit card like you're putting small investments mm. into your account yeah and eventually it adds up yep. even though your your heart might not be in it you're still investing in it and then eventually you might you'll have that desire and that ability to really um to you'll have something to draw from because you've been doing it for so like as i'm so enamored with my with my karate kid um <laughs> uh bible illustration <laughs> I, I tried to do it when like alex and i did this theology thursday on reading on, scripture what is yeah it? <laughs> it was like that that kind of thing and i tried doing it and like i could tell like he was not into it <laughs> <laughs> Alex, come and on, I was man. Like, and I, I'm so proud of myself, so excited to share it. But it's something that I, you know, that I that encourages me in thinking about Daniel showing up every day to do this thing that he feels like is a chore, but yeah. all the while it's building him up and yeah. giving him the memory muscle. I you know? like it. Thank you, Kristen. I like it, Doug. Thank you. All right, let me give you it the extended of... version right now. Okay. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Uh, sorry, buddy. Don't mean to just throw you under the bus there. Does he listen to this? I Well, let's find out. Alex, call me tonight. <laughs> Actually, I'm try I want to get him to go. I'm going to go see Batman on Wednesday uh, night. I yeah. heard it was not worth it. Really? My husband stayed oh my up God. until one Thanks something a lot. in the morning. I appreciate morning. that. All right. Maybe don't don't go to the nighttime one if you have a newborn at home. Really? Okay, <laughs> that's true. That is true. He was pretty much asleep when he got there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's go to the next question, yeah, shall that's we? A good idea. Okay. All right. How can a person who has grown cold in this way cultivate an abiding love for Jesus? Isn't love something that just happens to us, totally out of our control? Oh, I feel like I we kind we of that. just covered that, right? Yeah. Like the look at that. Look at that. How. So, yeah, the um, building habit. Yeah, building those habits. Um, and I think part of the habit, too, is building a habit of joy. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know, like it's it's something that I think it's interesting. And this is another thing that Basil will bring up in the Lent devotional. Some kind of spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but uh uh, what was I going to say? I, I guess no one's going to know if I forget what I was going to say. No, um, it's the idea that that like when you find rejoice in scripture, right? Like it's a command, which yeah. means that we have some level of control over it. Yeah. You know, like rejoice in the Lord. Like, okay. Yep. And, and try telling your kid that, right? Be happy. Be happy. <laughs> right? Like, no, but the, so, but but there's a sense in which that's true, where mm -hmm. we do have a cho a choice whether or not to rejoice Ooh. you like that all right i like that <laughs> remix. yeah there we go okay all right how can we tell the difference between a genuine love for, for jesus versus a shallow love for jesus and i got a few passages in there and i'll go ahead and i'll read i'll read one of them all right i'm going to go ahead and read the john 14 21 because they're all essentially they say they say similar stuff, and Batesel uh, did the Galatians two twenty in the sermon. Um, okay, so John fourteen twenty one through twenty four reads as follows: Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not? to the world then jesus answered him if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me 
So how do we tell the difference between a, a genuine versus a shallow love for Jesus? The genuine love for Jesus keeps his word, keeps his commandments. I mean, and, and we can say what Jesus said, right? Mm-hmm. What did you, <laughs> you I just totally blanked on that I, I don't know. Can we say it? <laughs> <laughs> if you love uh, me, love the Lord my, your God oh, with all your heart, soul, your, mind, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, strength, yep. And, and, love your, and love your, and love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. yourself. Right. And that's the, the first John 4, 7 through 21 yeah. really gives you that one. That's got the, you know, he who... Uh, does not love his neighbor whom he's seen, cannot love his uh, the Lord whom he has not seen. Yeah, um, I think that that um, our obedience to Jesus is a um, is a profound mark for for love of love for him. Yeah. Um, but it's not going through the motions. It includes that that love. Yeah, it's not going through the motion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact. And one way I think of it is Jesus kind of commands us to not just go through the yeah, motions, yeah. right? Well, it makes me think about yeah. the, like the fruit. Like, where's the fruit? Mm-hmm. It, it might take time to know for sure that someone is is truly keeping yeah. the commandments, but um, yeah. over time you'll begin to notice the fruit of that person's life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's that's why fruit is uh, that that's p- part of the point of it, right? That like maybe the objective in perseverance and in you know is not being able to tell as many people as possible oh you're definitely saved and you're definitely or even telling myself right like maybe the objective is saying like you have need of endurance Mm. as hebrew writer of hebrew says and you know what we were talking about with patient endurance you know um that that uh if you want assurance if you want to be assured, then endure. I'm trying to keep making these rhymes, but I don't <laughs> it's know. It's not working. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's why I'm not a very good rhyming preacher. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think obedience is the difference. I don't think, I think we need to stop thinking of obedience as a bad word as Christians too. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. It's not antithetical to the gospel. Yeah. It follows from the gospel. Yeah. So... I mean, I want my children to obey. It, it is and you a good want them to do it because they, and you want them to yeah. do it because they love you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And they trust me. That's that's the major mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can tell your kid not to do something. Yeah. Because it will hurt them, and they might not trust you and do it anyway. And Absolutely. Get hurt. Yeah. 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 They trust you, and they trust you enough to do what you're saying they should do, rather yeah. than what they think they should do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Very nice. <laughs> Would you treat us to the letter to Thyatira? Or, I mean, I can. Uh, it depends on, uh, let's see here. Let's see, 18 to nine, uh, 29. Yep. I can do it, but how do you say that name? Thyra. I say Thyatira. Thyatira? Yes. You would know more than me. Yeah, I mean, most a lot of these biblical names, like if you pronounce them like they were actually written in the biblical languages, you'd sound like a crazy person. <laughs> So I think Thyatira is fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not like, I'm not like, I am the God of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, you know? You'd be like, get a life, loser. (laughs) So don't worry about it. Thyatira is fine. All right. (laughs) So 18 to 29. Um, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira. There you go. Right. The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works, latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw onto, into great tribulation unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, nice. <laughs> who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the, Asian, all, over the nations, and he will rule. 
them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear. And the spirit who says to the churches. Nice. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll read the next one. That was a mouthful. That was right a there. lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know what I was so. committing to. <laughs> <laughs> Would you read the rest of the book of Revelation for us, Kristen? Yes. Um, all right. Cool. Um by the way, a tip, if you'd like to see where John is getting some of this image imagery from Jesus from, I told you, you know, it's the initial appearance of him in uh, in chapter 1. But that in itself is uh, mainly taken from uh, Daniel chapter 10. So if you'd like, uh, if you're interested in those Bible parallels, go to Daniel 10 for that. Okay, in your own words, what does Jesus have against the church at Thyatira? Jezebel. Yeah, they they tolerate that woman Jezebel. Is there a song? I feel like there should be a song about Jezebel. Uh, Makes me think of Jolene. <laughs> yeah, there was a there there was a KMFDM song I about it. Okay, yeah, that's like yeah something I liked in high school. Um, yeah, um, shout out to anybody who knows that band. Okay, um, not like I'm recommending it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's another song about it. But yeah, so, okay, so Jezebel, what's her significance? Um, so She's a prophetess, or mm-hmm. proclaiming this, herself this, to this be a prophetess. This person who is a prophetess, Correct. yeah, calls herself a prophetess. Um, the, the actual Jezebel, let's, well, actually, let's mm-hmm. go to who was Jezebel and what did she do that makes Jesus refer to this woman by her name. So their <laughs> problem... Was- let me combine these first two questions here. Okay. So first of all, that what they has against them is that they tolerate her. So I, I don't think it means that the entire church has been led astray by her and is following her and doing mm. everything that she thinks is awesome. But they're they're not. But it a, does say she's seducing my servants. She is. Yeah. She's she's definitely made a following. Mm-hmm. Right. But but it doesn't mean that like the. In other words, their their problem is not is not that like the entire church has gone after her. It's that. Some have, and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. Right. Um, now, the actual Jezebel was a Phoenician princess who was married to King Ahab mm-hmm. in the book of, I guess this is first, this is Second Kings, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, is it first? It's First Kings. It's First Kings. Yeah. And um, she's she actually, through her, she um, introduces Baal worship yep. as the official state religion of the northern kingdom of Israel. Yeah. So, and part of Baal worship are things like, you know, the pagan religious stuff, which includes eating certain sacrifices. Sacrifices always included eating, uh, except for whole burnt offerings in the Old Testament. But then um, also sexual, uh, sexual, sexual acts and a lot of pagan worship, especially fertility worship for obvious reasons, Included that kind of stuff, and um, so, so I think so. So Jesus is referring to whoever this is as a woman who who claims to have prophetic legitimacy, and is for has for some somehow convinced a number of people in that church that it is okay to participate in pagan worship and pagan worship of this kind. Mm participating in sacrifices and even participating in what appears to be cultic prostitution. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And of course we see that all <laughs> over the place in the church today. So now, yeah. um, <laughs> yes. so, really battling against that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now in other passages, such as first Corinthians eight and Romans 14, Paul seems to imply that Christians can consume meat sacrificed to idols with a good conscience and that those who do, should simply not violate the consciences of those who are not able to. Here, there seems to be no tolerance for this. Why? What's the difference between what's going on in these passages, those passages, and what's going on here in Thyatira, and also at Pergamum? Hmm. What is the difference? I'll well, be frank. I don't know. I thought you were Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on, Doug. <laughs> All right, you be frank. I'll be Joe. <laughs> Hey, Frank, the problem, the difference here is that, are you listening to me, Frank? You got, all right. Um, 
Okay. That's what the hot dog said. I'll what? Be, I'll be frank. Yeah. You um, You're such a good dad. Thank you. you are, dad jokes. You've got loads I, I've of got dad jokes. I've got so many dad jokes you wouldn't. They just come to me. They do. It's like I a spiritual gift. I, I can see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Before my eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, okay, and I got a little bit of a leader's note in here to kind of help you guys with this because a little bit of it is kind of cultural backgroundy. So picture this. Um, you're living in a city. You're a Christian and in a community that's close to a Jewish community, right? The Christian and Jewish communities were very close, um, probably not so much by the time you get to Revelation, but definitely earlier on with the letters of Paul and stuff. And... Um, and so if you want to get meat, one of the cheapest places to get it is from uh, those the, the, the vendors in the market, the Agora, as it was called, who uh, sold meat that had been used in pagan sacrifices. Uh, you know, here we had, here we had a nice uh, tenderloin on sale. Frank, don't you want it? No. Um, and uh, yeah, so like that would be a good way. And in some places, actually, it was even difficult to get meat that hadn't been sacrificed idols. And that's mm. why probably in Romans 14, it talks about people who eat, quote, only vegetables. They're probably not doing the Daniel fast, right? They're probably doing, they're probably saying, well, actually, the Daniel fast is kind of like that, too. Well, maybe not really. Well, I mean, it's an example of yeah, it, isn't yeah. it? Because he wanted to... Yeah, but the reasoning for it, I'm not sure. It's if it's the same. Uh, yeah, I have to think about it. And you guys don't want to hear me talk that that one through <laughs> convince myself one way or the other uh what i'm saying here is that um in in the, the roman empire so christians a lot of christians uh viewed eating meat as morally suspect hmm. because hey that had been used in a pagan ritual okay. that had been used as a offering to asclepius or something sure. right and um uh but the others there were other christians who were able to say no you know what these gods aren't even real God wants us to be good stewards with our money and, you know, he wants us to enjoy the food he's given us. So, like, I'm going to eat it. Um, and Paul, you know, seems to side, at least in principle, with the guys who ate it and would call them the, those who have strong consciences. They're not easily offended by things. This is fasting plus seltzer going on in my stomach right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Um, uh, I've had nothing but cookies today. Is that counting? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I'm fasting from real nutritious food. That's right. <laughs> you take one for the team for one. <laughs> um, and so, so the difference here is seems to be that they're actually here. They're actually participating in the pagan rituals. Mm, they're okay. doing the they're 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 not only eating the meat sacri the the sacrifices, but they're probably doing that in the temple. They're they're engaging in sexual immorality. So, like, I don't think Paul would say that that would be fine, right? right? And so I think that that's what's going on here. I think that's the difference. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. So now we've got, how can we discern between people speaking in God's name who will lead us astray and those who do not but are faithful messengers of God? Why do we need to be very careful with people who claim to have prophetic words for the church? So how do we discern between those who actually speak in God's name and those who don't, who are, who are, who are leading us astray? Mm -hmm. What do we think about that? Well, I think humility plays a huge part because, I mean, somebody who is actually trying to follow God and is a faithful messenger mm. um, may say things that aren't totally correct. Um, but what is their, their heart on that? Are they willing to correct themselves or are they willing to go back and say, hey, you know what? I've been informed or enlightened that what I said here was wrong and this here is now I've learned is right. Mm, yeah, which is good because it shows that you're putting the truth above your own ego. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, so I think I think that's pretty big. Mm. But also the fruit. Like I said before, yeah. the, again, just like looking at the, the fruit, fruit of, of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also that like um, um, I think you need to be careful, like to speak to the second part of this. Why do we need to be careful with people who claim oh, to have yeah. prophetic words for the church? That and one's huge. Let me just be clear on like the way that I kind of think about this issue. Like any God told me this or God told me that is... In my understanding, rising pretty close to the level of 
claiming a prophetic word from God, mm. you know, and the Old Testament you, takes that pretty seriously, mm-hmm. right? Like read like Deuteronomy 18, for example, like it's that's not fine to just say that. Um, and and I think uh, and Batesel touched on this a little bit in his in his message, like that. I, you, you, there's some concern that I have for Christian communities that really start to throw around that kind of language mm-hmm. because the amount of accountability that you then have because, oh, God did tell God told me that. Who are you to oppose what mm-hmm. God has spoken into my life like that there any kind of biblical accountability kind of goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if God is speak, I don't I don't kind of like to the next path, uh, question can you think of an example of who went too far in the direction of skepticism towards prophecy pro- possibly under the guise of discernment right some people will throw the ba- baby out with the bathwater and say we're just not going to deal with any of this and we're just going to say that nobody speaks mm-hmm. no god does not speak through people anymore yeah we have the bible and good luck demonstrating that from the bible first corinthians 13 does not get you there um but um you know, so it's it's easy to be like overly skeptical towards those sort of things. Sure. But it's also easy to be overly gullible towards those sort of things. Absolutely. And and I'll often say to people like, I need more to be able to say amen. Like, yeah, God <laughs> did say that. I need more than just simply a. It doesn't conflict with anything in Scripture. And b. You're telling me that God spoke through you. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that's not like that's, um. And oftentimes when God does speak, he and this is very scriptural, he accompanies it with signs, with reasons for thinking, you know, yeah. and it's precisely so that we would not will not be gullible. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a whole law now that he's given to some old guy on a mountain. Right. And he doesn't just say, chill out and I'm going to go up there and write some stuff. It's no God visibly manifests himself on the mountain. Uh, you know, uh, you, you hear his voice, you hear his trump, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the blast of the trumpet. There's water coming out of rocks, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a reason why at, at key points in redemptive history, you have this, these, num- these amounts of miracles kind of amping up. You see it again with Jesus, yeah. right? It's not as if everybody in the Bible is just going around doing like, miracles hey, just trust, left and right. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not it's more than just trust me it's mm-hmm. it's also like and there's the empty tomb yeah you know and there's proof and here are there's proof to the pudding the people in the christian community whom we're going to mention whom yeah. jesus so simon the leper you all know simon the leper remember what happened at his house mm-hmm. why are we all hanging out at the leper's house mm-hmm. you know um it's not a it's a public religion that's open to so it's not, it, which is remarkably different than Islam, for example, mm. right? Where you have one guy who yeah. goes away into a cave and says, look what I heard from yeah. God. Yep. You know? A so, lot of religions are, are have that origin story. A lot of them do, yeah. And that's not to say that nothing in biblical Christianity is like that, where right. it's like a, there's a secret. I mean, I mean, there's always an element of faith. There's an element of faith. Yeah, there's an element. Of, you're never going to have enough evidence to to mm-hmm. to for there to be no room for skepticism or yeah. anything. But yeah. One thing I've always heard that if if you get a prophetic word, mm. um, a good rule of thumb is not only hold it up to scripture, but hold it up to like a discerning community. Like mm. you don't just take something yes, on faith yeah. and run with it. You a discerning community. I like that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, I mean, we have measuring sticks basically Mm. to, uh, but yeah, I'm with you not throwing that, that God told me this for you. Yeah. Throwing that around that can get real dicey real quick. And the final thing I'll say about that is if you look at the actual prophets, like, it doesn't seem like an awesome job no, a lot of times. they're all dead. Yeah, well, they're all dead, yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Uh, most of them have been murdered. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's um, it's it's a burden a lot yeah. of times. Um, I think even of Revelation here, right? Yeah. When later on, John, um, uh, during, um, I think it's during the trumpets, um, an angel with the little scroll comes and he says, mm-hmm. eat this scroll. And he eats it and he says, and in my mouth it was sweet as honey, but when it got to my stomach it was bitter. And mm-hmm. you picture John like, yeah. right? That there's a sweet element to it because you're speaking the words of God. But there's also 
pain in it. Yeah. There's, well, I think yeah. of uh, the guy who went to David after the whole Bathsheba and the murder and all yeah. that went down. Nathan, yeah. I mean, Nathan, mm. can you imagine the, the bravery it took yeah, Oh, my gosh, to, yeah. To go to, to say the king, the king you're the just, man. Who just yeah. murdered a dude and be like, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you're right. He just offed him. <laughs> yeah. Trying to cover up what he did. Yeah. And here, Nathan's, yeah. Bringing it to light. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That could have gone in another direction if David wasn't David. <laughs> yeah, it certainly could have. All right, so um, we got to keep moving, keeping mo- keeping it going. Uh, in verses twenty four and twenty five, Jesus speaks of some who have become enamored with what he calls the deep things of Satan. In response, he encourages his faithful to hold fast what you have until I come. What do you think is going on here, and why is holding fast to what you have a good way to combat this error? All right, so. The deep things of Satan here. Um, it's a little unclear what is meant by this. Uh, maybe it's a lot unclear. Okay, so it's it probably, I find it unlikely that what is meant by that is there's a bunch of people in the church who are like really down with worshiping Satan. Oh, yes. You know, um, I like. That's not it's, what I thought you were It's easily <laughs> <laughs> It's easily as plausible to say that, um, I think more plausible to say that the deep things of Satan here is here's a here's a super spiritual way of combating Satan, mm. right? Like uh, we know what he's about and we know how to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jezebel is here with her prophetic powers and she's saying, let's go and participate in this. God's telling her it's fine and God's telling her that this is the real, this is for those in the know they can really do a number on this mm. Satan guy. Um, I think, and I think that's a more plausible, inter- again, rather than saying that a church here who's, who's, who's been, who's being commended for certain things, right, is actually engaging in Satan worship. Like um, she's saying, like, hold your friends close, but hold your enemies hold it, closer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the other thing too, I mean, at least as far as I'm aware, is that Satan worship is not really a thing in the first century. Okay. You know, like there wasn't a lot of, uh, there weren't a lot of people who were like, let's worship the Prince of Darkness and go <laughs> listen to, you know, Norwegian death metal or something like that. <laughs> and Marilyn Manson. No. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And so. I'm just picturing. <laughs> And so I think the hold fast to what you have until I come is saying, like, look, some of you in your pursuit of something new and ultra spiritual, like being in the new, no, are latching onto some pretty wacky ideas. Mm. And so you need to go back to kind of like the basics mm. and you're safe if you're back with the basics. There's plenty there. Don't don't in your quest for this new and better and shiny, big, bright object don't go after um, after this woman Jezebel. You know, it's interesting when I read that phrase, the deep things of Satan, and I could be absolutely 100% wrong in this, but the first thing that pops into my mind is um, pride and and lies. Yeah. Pride and lies. Yep. And I feel like that, like, because that's the first time we see Satan in Genesis, mm. that's what he's all about. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And flattery. Yeah, flatter exactly mm-hmm. flattery, and so saying um, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, like saying like you're you're susceptible in this area, like you don't know yet that he is the father of lies and flattery and pride and and that kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, that these are these are the ways that he operates. Yeah, he, he doesn't come to us like you know in dressed in all black right you know he's not obvious he's not not obvious obvious. yeah yeah that's a point in the screw tape letters uh right where he's like the point uh nephew is to uh not be as evil as possible but to be as deceptive as possible something like that right yeah the the road to hell is is not steep or something like that Mm. it's it's a slight gradual oh yeah i'm butchering the quote but nice we're both (laughs) This is the Butchering C.S. Lewis podcast. Welcome. We love C.S. Lewis. We're reviewing Pineapple Pomelo. Okay. Do not have him memorized. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Does this mean that we should not pursue deeper spiritual knowledge? Why or why not? And okay. Yeah. I think we kind of have been answering that. Um, 
I, it depends on what you mean by deeper spiritual knowledge. If it's a yeah. if it's a better knowledge of the scripture, go for it. If it's a new, bright, shiny, yeah. I've got it figured out. This is the the way to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, the more detached from scripture, spiritual teaching is. Yeah. The more you're kind of at like that's not a guarantee. Like just because it's not in the Bible doesn't mean that it's you not know wise. not wise or or for the birds. In fact, that's part of what wisdom means, right? Is that we don't necessarily need to spell everything out for you, but like you're also like it's not a good and biblical thing to have no accountability for for teachings. Yeah. And the accountability that we have is whether or not it lines up with what what God has said. So. All right, now I'm going to take it on myself to go ahead and read a whopping six it. verses. Yes. <laughs> okay. And the angel to the church of Sardis, uh, and I messed it up already. Oh. Okay. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels." He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. Being fully conscious of the time here, let's tackle these four right. questions, okay? Um, so in today's world, what sort of things would give a dead church the appearance of being alive? I mean, Ryan said it right there. I could think of a few. Just, yeah, yeah. super active church, lots lots going on. but Good um, music? Would good music? Good music. Part? You should always join a church with horrible music. Always. Yes. <laughs> That would mean we're just pushing everybody out of our church because I think right. no. I think we got something yeah. good going no. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta realize like what is it that makes I think a, yeah. I well, so what comes to mind is like shopping for a church that you're like and you're only willing to go there if mm-hmm. the if because the music is great and because the art is great and because the speaker makes you even the sp- laugh yeah, right yeah yeah like, even I enjoy the messages. Yeah. <laughs> why are you enjoying the messages right what is yeah. the reason behind are you enjoying them because they're pushing you deeper in knowledge of christ and scripture or are you enjoying them because the pastor's funny and entertaining and it's if the if the if the scriptures there are not piercing your heart yeah in terms of in ways some ways that hurt are you ever feeling then, convicted <laughs> yeah yeah you ever feeling convicted yeah <laughs> or do you walk out of church feeling i feel good check yep. that box Yep. Off for the week. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people like me here. There's, there's a mm. lot of cool stuff going, right? Like um, there's a proper use for that kind of stuff and there's yeah. an improper use. The improper yeah, it's hard use to say is, some of that because it's like these are all like good things. These are all but... good things, right? But like, you know, for, for emergence, right? Like the way that we think of it is we want this to be a place where you, you feel comfortable, would feel comfortable inviting any of your friends to come to and they'd have a good a good experience. Um, but I don't think that we're, uh, uh, that we're doing the, the bad version of that, which is essentially polishing up a, uh, well, yeah. I've run out of the words that I can say here, but polishing up something that isn't, you know, that putting lipstick on a pig, putting lipstick on a pig. There we go. Good. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Uh, what is it that can make a church dead? Oh gosh. Ooh. Lots of stuff, huh? Yeah. What are you thinking? I think it, it can start with leadership. Well, it can start with leadership, mm. but it can also start from the bottom down or okay. bottom, 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 down. <laughs> bottom up. We're going even further down here. Yeah. Uh, it can start with the congregation, too, if there's a lot of uh, squabbles. Is that the word? Yeah, a lot of squabbles and factions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People breaking off, um, wanting to take the church in a different direction that yeah. maybe the rest of building. That that reminds know. me of something that that actually Ryan was telling me about something that like because we had a guy who like had some issues with some stuff at and what he said was one of the things I appreciate about this guy is that he takes his issues up as opposed mm. to spreading it out laterally mm. among yeah. everyone right like yeah. if he's got an issue he brings it to the leaders yeah. he doesn't 
he doesn't try to rally all these troops on his side. Right. And then make this like Machiavellian political kind of move. Yeah. Um, A coup. So, yeah. So, so, but, but odd church politics. But then also, like, that's not to say that leadership is always perfect, right? Right. And you exactly. started with leadership, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, leaders who aren't seeking the Lord's direction, right. who aren't accountable to Him. They can create really toxic environments mm-hmm. for, for a church to look active but be dead. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think also um, a failure. I mean, a lot of the stuff we've been looking at today, right? Lack of love in the church, mm-hmm. uh, lack of uh, willingness to tolerate things that are evil, um, a lack of discernment. Um, I think a failure to preach faithfully the scriptures as well, to take seriously its task and, and instead like to craft everything around the preacher's cleverness mm. um, or, or, you know, ability to impress you with all the stuff that he knows and things like that. Right. Or put stuff out that has shock value. So you yeah. get a lot of attention. Oh, for my it. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. There's exactly. a plethora. Of There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is probably in a pretty open ended question. OK. Yeah. Um, can you think of a teaching of Jesus elsewhere that sounds a lot like verses two and three? What point is Jesus making there? And is that relevant to the situation with the church of Sardis? Uh, I'm thinking of Matthew 25 here, which is where Jesus talks about, uh, you know, I will come like a thief in the night, and so you need to be ready. And uh, and yes, and so like he talks about not sleeping, mm. right? You've got the, the, that's the parable of the ten virgins and things. And all this, let me just double check and make sure indeed this is... Um, Okay, so the the end of 24 and the beginning of Matthew 25, you've got a bunch of, like, be ready, watch. And I think the thief in the night, it's interesting that John here is recalling the words of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is writing these things, but, like, you've got that parallel there with the it's, Gospels. It's funny. Your, your first thought was the parables. My first thought was Jesus mm. talking to the disciples when he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, my gosh. Stay, stay awake. Yes. Yeah, oh, awake. my goodness. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Keep watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like basically you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh like that. I wouldn't have fallen asleep. But, I know. I, I mean, know. I definitely yeah. would have been asleep. <laughs> I've fallen asleep at a, at concerts before. <laughs> I fell asleep at a Melvin's concert. When Although I, was in... I, have a tr- I have a horrible time falling asleep. Like if my kids are awake mm. and I'm on like the couch, I can't just fall asleep. My husband oh. can. He's oh, yeah. talented I, at it. I'll, I'll fall asleep <laughs> with the kids, right? They'll be crawling all yeah. over me. And, I don't know how you know. he does it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there you have it. I yeah. would probably be asleep there too. Yeah. So yeah. So um, the idea is that that uh, you know there's there's a a matter of like stop stop spiritually sleeping. Yeah. You're, this is there are eventual consequences to this, mm-hmm. and they're serious. Yeah. yeah. How are you personally susceptible to falling asleep spiritually? Um, let's each give one. Okay. <laughs> Me, I am susceptible to falling asleep spiritually because, as I said before. Uh, reading the Bible and stuff is kind of my job and it's easy just to do it because I know that people are going to be let down if I don't or something. Is it, am I really doing it because of, let's tie it back to Ephesus because I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I'm susceptible. I think I am susceptible one area, one area. I am susceptible yes. to falling asleep. Mine was one of men, my many. Spiritually would be because again, because I'm, working in ministry, I think, um, doing things not out of love for Christ, but out of love for, uh, being the one helping mm. or, um, like a pride thing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a pride thing. I see thing. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even for like, for people outside of ministry, you could think of a few things as well, ways, ways to fall asleep spiritually. And like, I would think having like an, an ultra private spirit, uh, walk with the Lord can yeah. be, can be problematic. Not to- yeah. Cause sure. usually we need other people to wake us up. Mm-hmm. Like, just like I need an alarm clock. Like if I just went to sleep and was like, I'll be up at six. No, I will not be up at six. <laughs> um, yeah. So all kinds of stuff. Well, that's about it for the questions this week. Um, let's remember in our prayer time, um, you know, the, obviously we have some pr- stuff centered around what we talk about here which is good and right. Um, thank God for the faithful churches that have been part of your life and ask that he would give them all they need to finish the fight. Pray for your own lack of love, discernment, and vitality. Uh, but then also, please remember to pray for for um, Ukraine and yeah. for Christians there and everything. This Every day I feel like it's just a horror show. And mm. um, uh, I just, you know, we need, if there's anything 
that they need. It's it's the Lord to uh, to intervene and to guard those um, uh, whom uh, who are who are reaching out to Him, and to enable His church there, frankly, to be able to minister. Right, the mm-hmm. church there that is in themselves suffer, suffering. Um, this is an opportunity for them to reach their neighbors like never before. And but um, yeah, I, I think it's right to pray for peace. I think it's right to pray for justice against those who are making the decisions to wage war on this country. And uh, we could go on, but please remember to pray for them. Yep. Okay. And on that note, well, uh, thank you again, Kristen, for joining me today. My pleasure. I thought I was going to have to go it alone. <laughs> I'm glad for all of us that you did not have yes, to. Yes, <laughs> as is everybody else. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, community group leaders. We're on week seven. We really appreciate you leading this season. And uh, yeah, look forward to, uh, to, to, to sharing with you week eight. And until then, take care.